Chapter Thirteen of From Alien to Citizen: The Story of My Life in America by Edward Steiner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Thirteen: From Steel to Coal. The perplexing problem of the distribution of immigrants solves itself to a more or less satisfactory degree by the demand for their labor. Many of the racial groups instinctively follow the paths worn by their predecessors. Thus, when they are cast out of one city, they flee unto another, sure of finding numbers of their countrymen and a chance at the same hard labor in which they were engaged. From Pittsburgh, the beaten path led to Connellsville, from steel to coal. Those who had not acquired the agility or the boldness to jump freight trains walked along the track. That is, if, like myself, they left Pittsburgh, the city of millionaires, practically penniless. I took neither scrip nor staff, yet I was not quite within the apostolic rule, for I carried a revolver which, with the prayer book, was bequeathed me by the dying men in the boarding-house. Inasmuch as the revolver cost me six months of freedom, it would have been better for me if I had left Pittsburgh with only the apostolic equipment. The way out of the city was difficult, for I had to find the right tracks among a perfect maze of rails. It was a perilous and tedious task which consumed the greater part of a morning. I did not know how long it took me to reach Connellsville. I have painful memories of a long, cold, damp day, of shoes which admitted the oozing slush, dangerous trestles to cross, and weary, hungry night hours. I recall the evening sky luridly colored by the light of gaseous flames from lines of mysterious watchfires which stretched along the valley. Half-naked men and women tended these fires and had neither time nor spirit to answer my greetings or give me directions on the way. Faintly, very faintly, do I remember hard words spoken, threatening gestures, and doors shut in my face. Most vividly do I recollect one wrinkled face, hardened and wizened yet it shines through all these years like rembrandt's portrait of an old woman all the mellow light concentrated upon the features changing each ugly spot and wrinkle into beauty it was very late at night when i reached the outskirts of connellsville and the red and green lights in the yard were constantly changing on every track were cars full of coke and in my attempt to get out of the way of a switching train i slid down an embankment and literally fell into the house where this old woman was washing clothes buzz me she exclaimed at the sight of her unexpected guest as with hands which dripped soap suds she helped me get to my feet without waiting to hear my story she brought me some supper my first meal that day it was just sauerkraut hot fortunately and i shall never forget how good it tasted even now after my palate has been jaded by the delicacies of both the occident and the orient i remember the infusion of strength the return of hope and the increase even of faith which came with that plebeian dish served in the homeliest way graced only by the pity which gave it the old woman's man was at work for he was one of the priests of the coke and steel company and nightly tended their sacred fires her son-in-law and her daughter were asleep with their numerous children. She made me lie down in her bed while she kept on washing clothes. How long into the night, I do not know. When I awoke, the old man was lying by my side. He had not undressed himself, nor was he washed. A black, ugly, inhuman, snoring thing he seemed as he lay upon the dirty bed, and lingering about him was the smell of soap suds, of new and old cooking, of body sweats and other odors past analysis. 
the room was full of the noise of switching engines crashing freight cars and the prattle of children the cries of young babies and the curses of tired men poisoned by overwork and alcohol the chatter of women hucksters calling out their wares and the reverberation of powder blasts yet the tired old man slept on i ate breakfast with the son-in-law there were hot steaming coffee with sugar and milk black bread and butter and fried pork a sumptuous breakfast indeed for that polish peasant while we ate he made me an offer and soon we sealed the compact by which i became his helper in the mine at a dollar a day on the way to work i bought my outfit on credit a pickaxe shovel and a miner's uniform consisting of an overall suit cap and heavy boots i think i felt something like pride as i put them on the pride of a soldier i also felt a soldier's fear as we walked across the network of tracks dodged strings of moving cars entered the cage and waited for the signal to descend i never had much physical courage in fact i was what men call a coward i always had to summon to my aid at such a time something of a moral prop to hold me i grew dizzy cold perspiration covered my body and when the sharp tone of the gong rang out i think i must have felt like a condemned man when the fatal moment comes the day was raw and cold and the sun struggled with the haze and smoke which hung over the valley suddenly it grew warmer and darker the little lamps on our caps sent a dim halo about our heads and all was silent except for the grinding of wheels somewhere and the friction of the rope which held the cage it was a world of men and mules into which we descended toiling men and mules and the men had the advantage for they could swear at the mules and beat them however the mules could reciprocate in their own fashion all but the swearing i stumbled over tracks and switches much to the amusement of the gang which was moving in a certain direction to its daily task at last my boss reached the chamber in which we were to work he too was new at his job and the irish foreman with much ill-humour gave us certain directions which i did not understand then came hours of drilling into the unresponsive earth hole after hole into each of which we poured black powder whose nature i did not guess after that i was told to run and the earth shook my throat and nostrils were almost sealed by smoke and the battle was on i shoveled coal and lifted it into numerous cars which came and went drawn by blinking mules driven by tobacco-chewing reckless cursing lads who called us names which fortunately were unintelligible to me at least it was night when we reached the top the upper crust where men could walk erect breathe less polluted air and look at the stars or do that less poetic thing which we did go to the saloon stand in front of the bar like real human beings and order the barkeeper to give us whiskey the men drank to my health at my expense in honor of my having become a miner's helper that long row of saloons in connellsville still stands and youths such as i was then are in front of the bars indulging in their only solace biting vicious alcohol i walked that street nearly a quarter of a century after i first entered it and i saw the very saloon into which my boss led me when he drank to my health and i even found the hut to which i returned after my first day's labor underground i walked that street the same hour of the night with my dear friend robert watcham then commissioner of immigration at the port of new york and i told him the events of those days even as he told me of his own struggles as a coal miner in that same region 
we were jostled by half-drunk boys who had purchased elation of spirit at too great a price and were seeking a wretched by-street to purchase there a base counterfeit of a woman's love we said to each other by grace are we saved and praying as we walked we pledged ourselves to help stir the conscience of the community so that the immigrant lads might find real friends outside the brothel and the saloon instead of false friends inside them that night both of us spoke before the state convention of the y m c a and from it came the pledge of money for the first real effort to train men especially for social service among immigrants the first night of my career as a miner when my employer and i came back to the hut the children were all asleep and the old woman was again washing the wife of the boss was cooking supper and for a greeting he cursed her and threatened to beat her why i did not know nor did they either i think perhaps because all around them were evil and degradation the old man had gone to watch the fires and after supper i went to bed too tired to undress i think i was asleep before i lay down in the morning the dirty snoring old man was lying by my side grinding his teeth in his sleep and muttering something like a curse i never saw him awake the next day and the next brought just the same monotonous round every evening after the day's labor the boss took me to the saloon where he continued to drink my health at my expense on saturday night he paid me deducting my board and the amount of my debt to the saloon keeper that night he lingered longer than usual in the bar-room and got into a fight i visited the stores investing in clean linen the little money i had left the next week was like the preceding one except that it grew difficult to go to work men who spoke english tried to restrain us but there was a strike on the fourth day of that week as we reached the top of the mine we were greeted by curses and flying lumps of coal and had to run for our lives in the morning we found the mine surrounded by soldiers and before we reached the encircling guards we were set upon by a group of men some of whom flourished sticks while others carried guns we ran toward the mine the guard charged the strikers and shots were fired on both sides i stopped behind a sheltering water tank where a moving mass of men came in my direction i was seized beaten and left insensible upon the ground when i woke i found myself on an iron cot in a narrow cell with my head bandaged i rose and limped to the door which i found locked for i was imprisoned in the county jail End of chapter thirteen